welcome to Industry Minds, the podcast which discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Cathy Reed, And I'm Scarlett Maltman. What was that? What was that? And I'm Scarlett Maltman. Sorry, I don't know what happened. I'm going to keep that in because it's hilarious. <laughs> and this week, this week we are joined by the beautiful Layla Zadie. How are you, my love? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. It's a pleasure to have you on. Okay, so we're going to play a word association game. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay. Three, two, one. Pringles. Crisps. Family. Sisters. Travelling. Sun. Photoshoot. Modelling. Cuddles. Sex. (laughs) I love it. I love it. This is the best one. All in one unitard. Uh, weirdo. <laughs> I love that. Cool. So how are you feeling today, Layla? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. To be honest, I was a bit nervous about coming here. It's quite um, a vulnerable position to put yourself in, but I feel ready and calm. And like, if I can help people with any of my wi- wise or not so wise words, <laughs> then that'll be a positive at least. Yeah. And it's sort of one of those things of like, we don't know where to stop, but let's just go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah, I'm good. Yeah, great. Let's get cracking then. <laughs> oh, let's get cracking. <laughs> so Layla, um, when did you fall in love with performing slash acting? Uh, what was your first experience as a, as a child or a teenager? You know, what's really funny because everyone has like stories of like, oh my God, I dreamed of it since I was two years old. And to be honest, I never really, I I went, I did normal A-levels, I did history and um, drama and I've always loved it. But my earliest memories are like me and my sister putting on shows around the house, like using hairbrushes as microphones and singing. And and I, I just used to love singing. Singing was the thing that I just absolutely loved. And it was when I was at school, my, my drama teacher was like, you should just apply, you know. And I was like, really? But I really don't know what I would have done if I hadn't. <laughs> I had no clear path. Maybe history. But, um, and that's sort of, I've just sort of fell into it that way. But I also remember watching um, Pop Stars The Rivals. Where it was the year when Girls Aloud were being formed. Yeah, and I used to, this is how I learned to do accents, I used to watch them and then mum, I remember so clearly, I'd be in my bedroom and I'd look in the mirror and be like, vote Kimberley, vote Kimberley. And like, we'd just copy their accents and mum was like, that's when I knew you were going to act. That's how I learned to do my accent. And still to this day, that's how I learned to do accents. I just listened to someone and then, so, so, thanks a lot, Kimberley Walsh. So what are the main differences from when you started performing to now being a professional? So the good and bad. I think confidence is definitely a main difference and but also and that's that's the good thing because I didn't have much confidence I didn't really know what I was doing I was totally blissfully unaware and I would just stand up and sing and then get really embarrassed and I, and I remember one time my teacher John was just like just close your eyes and go for it and just push through and see what happens and that's the day I actually found my singing voice because all of a sudden I was like belting and I was like this is weird <laughs> what is this and it was the winner takes all by Ava. <laughs> course <laughs> classic but but in another sense I think being that age you don't have many inhibitions and you you do just close your eyes and go for it and you don't really care what people think and in a way that's that's a digression a digression oh my god I can't speak <laughs> and now I'm almost too self-aware because when you go through training you're told to so it there's so much self-analysis 
and you're looking into every single thing that you do every movement every you know every look that you do every facial gesture and at that age you just do it and you just you just sing and you perform and you love it and and you still love it now but I sort of wish I still had that mentality of I don't really care what people think I'm gonna close my eyes and I'm gonna belt the one it takes to all <laughs> yeah so yeah I think those are the main differences how was going into training you know obviously it's a bit different um I don't know what I don't really know anyone that's just kind of like fell into performing and most people I know have done it from a young age and then kind of go from that way how was it um to be in a position where you just kind of went okay yeah I'm gonna go for it and then maybe go to a place where you're surrounded by people who are like yeah I've wanted this my whole life yeah well, I actually did a foundation year at PPA in Guildford, Performance Preparation Academy, because when I auditioned at the age of 18, leaving school, having done A-levels, I was absolutely clueless. Like, And all of the feedback was, yeah, there's something about you, but you have no technique. Like, So you need to go and work on your technique and then come back and audition. So that's basically what the year at Guildford did. It was you know, basic ballet, jazz, singing lessons every day, acting lessons. So that in itself was, I think that year was everything I needed and more. That year was just for me, the best year because it was I was like oh this is first position I never even heard of this <laughs> so then when I auditioned the year afterwards and I only actually auditioned to three because I was like, I'm only going to audition to ones that I know that I'd really want to go to so everything was quite condensed and I had all my information from that year and that and then I just felt I felt really confident in those auditions because for once I didn't feel like I'm just doing this because like I kind of like it I was like no I'm doing this because I know what I'm doing and I know this technique and I'm gonna sing like this and I know what legit means <laughs> and I know what a soprano voice is and but then going into my training it was a whole different ball game because it's literally you're just thrown into it and a lot of my year a lot of the dancers especially have done it from such a young age and I did feel so out of my depth so massively out of my depth but then you're sort of in this like bubble of excitement so you're just like that's okay because this is what the three years are here for and I'm gonna learn and, and nurture myself and learn so much about everything that I want to. But I'd say dance is definitely the thing I struggle with the most, <laughs> as anyone who knows me will agree. Um, but the reason I chose the college that I went to was because I knew that I needed to push that discipline so that when I left, I had a fair, like I was sort of equally strong. And I mean, I wasn't when I left, I'm still, I still can't dance. <laughs> but um, at least I pushed that. And I, I struggled so much in the in the classes and yeah, that was definitely the thing that I found the hardest, but I'm I don't regret anything. Amazing. I needed it. I needed to be pushed like that and I needed to burst out crying every single ballet lesson. <laughs> I think that's a very important thing as well because it's never too late to start something that you love or could potentially love. So yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same position. I didn't dance until I went to PPA as well. That's how where I met Layla. Um, and I still felt the same at Artshead. I was like, yeah, I'll go to Artshead and become a great dancer. And I left and I'm like, mm, okay. It's funny because that those feelings will never go away because I've since done dance auditions and my and my gut, I'm suddenly back in the back of the ballet room at, sc at school, not knowing what I'm doing. But actually this time it's an audition. <laughs> So it's weird because something just makes you just go, you know what, I'm just going to do this. And you lose that sense of embarrassment because it's like, well, it's, do I get this job or do I not get this job? And obviously you want to get the job. So it's interesting because that feeling never leaves you, but it's just how you deal with it and how you work with that feeling to your advantage rather than just being at the back of the room going, it's Monday morning ballet class and I'm just a bit nervous. So I'm just going to stay at the back of the room because that's okay. When looking back, um, I wish I'd potentially always stood at the front of the class in the lessons and treated every lesson like an audition because I think that 
if I graduated, that would have helped me slightly more because that was a lesson I learned having already graduated. So that would be my, my first piece of advice to the um, 19-year-old me. <laughs> so you contacted us and you told us that anxiety is something that you've struggled with quite a lot throughout this year. Can you talk us through your, your journey of this? Definitely. So I think, to be honest, it might be something that I suffered with already, but I knew nothing about it. And I think looking back in hindsight to my years of training, you're sort of, I think most people do have it actually. Um, But you don't know about it because you're so busy as you remember, you know, eight till eight every day, you just get the weekend and then you've still got work to do and still got practicing to do. And also you just definitely need to sleep. (laughs) I think that it's something that potentially I struggled with for a while, but I just never knew about it. And then when I graduated, I did my first job. And so I was sort of just, again, the bubble continued, but more in, more into the professional bubble and I was doing this job and it was still to this day one of my favorite jobs ever um but and then I and then I was lucky because I was working so I I didn't I don't think I had time to deal with anything that I know was definitely there and festering inside me so I I carried on with these jobs and then and then as you know um a couple years was was it two years ago that I got Benadol that I filmed so I did, did the filming in Spain um and it wasn't until I finished filming and I got back and suddenly things were a little bit more quiet. That I was going, what's this feeling? Oh my god, I have, I constantly feel sick. I have, I don't want to, I don't want to see people. I don't want to talk to people. And that's when something in my head was going, I don't recognise this feeling. What is this feeling? And I and I spoke to my parents about it, and they're, they're obviously both medical, and I think they knew. And and again, for ages, I just didn't do anything about it. But it was total ignorance on my part because I just didn't understand what it was. I I think when we were training it wasn't potentially spoken about enough but it definitely wasn't spoken about enough and that's makes me sad because I think it needs to be and so we were never told when you graduate this is how you will feel and we just need to let you know that that is anxiety and it's okay and this is how you deal with it but I was never told that so I was suddenly like maybe I'm like maybe I'm feeling really anxious so I went to the doctors and it was the doctor that told me that that's what I had um and it was it was only then that I started to look into how to deal with it but it's really interesting because if I'd have known that when I was training, I wonder how differently things would have played out. And so what I would say to people in training and graduating is that you will absolutely get moments, if not constantly feel anxious, especially all actors do. Of course they do, because our whole life is, oh, what if? Will we get this? Will we not? Oh, we haven't heard. Oh, I guess I didn't get it because there's the cast list <laughs> that's just been announced. <laughs> and it's awful. It's a horrible way to live our lives. And, and, and we're trained how to be an actor when acting and we're not trained how to be an actor when not acting and it's just something that everybody just ignores because you just think oh I'm going to be the actor that works constantly and no one is like that would be so weird do you know what I mean you maybe it happens to a few people but it's only in moments of unemployment that you really begin to know who you are as an actor because I don't think you do know who you are as an actor if you're constantly going from job to job because yes you learn on jobs but it's only when you're unemployed and you're having time out that you learn how to deal with being an actor. And I'd say this year for me has been my biggest journey in like learning who I am as an actor and how I'm going to deal with this career, this totally unstable career. And so yeah, the, obviously I wanted. I was so impressed when you when I heard about the podcast, and I just thought I need I need to do it, and I just need to tell people anyone who can listen and that I might be able to help. That you know, if I can talk about my past and things that have helped me and if anyone wants to get in touch with me, I would be so happy to talk about it. And I, 
to be honest, would love to in a few years go back to drama schools and give a talk to third years just on mental health and my journey and maybe not old enough yet but I'd love to just go this is this is absolutely what you will feel some of you might not and that's amazing but if you do at some point in your career it's so okay like it's okay to have rubbish days and it's okay not to be okay and this is then how you deal with it so how did you begin to deal with your anxiety so to begin with I had um, I started to meditate and that still to this day is something that I find super useful I'm just being yeah it's it's amazing and there's just mindfulness and you know there's loads of books on it there's loads of sort of self-help books and 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 I'd always been a bit like oh you know they're just there I don't know how useful they are but I actually I remember specifically walking up to Stratton Common because I live in Stratton Hill up to the park and I took and bought all these magazines literally called like breathe <laughs> how to be mindful <laughs> Another one on like how to not give a fuck about life and stuff like that. That classic book that everyone's got. And I actually sat and I turned my phone off and it was a really sunny day and I just read them. And I, as I was reading them, I was doing it. So I was lying down in Sammy Supan. I was closing my eyes. I was breathing. I was totally meditating. And in that moment, suddenly I was like, you know what? I've got this. I've so got this. And so I did that for a while. And I would have techniques before auditions, after auditions. And, you know, since going over to the TV world, it's, it's, I mean, you never hear anything and it's constant rejections and, and I really was starting to struggle with some of the feedback I was getting, which is actually quite hilarious now in hindsight. Some of the feedback was, you're not white enough. And then it was, oh, sorry, you're not quite dark enough because you're not black. And then it was, oh, you're not, you don't look Indian actually, so you can't. And it's like, no, I know I don't. It's, it's actually because I'm half Pakistani. <laughs> but thanks and then it was oh but you, you don't look Pakistani either I'm so sorry we've we loved you but we've gone for this person who fits the aesthetic you know what we want aesthetically and then I would go okay and then it was and then it was um oh you do really look Spanish but we've gone for someone who's actually Spanish so I was going oh my god um, what am I going to do I don't fit any category and I remember everyone my an agent an ex-agent would would say it's it's great because you're aesthetically ambiguous so you fit all these different categories but actually what I've learned is I fit zero of these categories <laughs> and so I I was struggling with this constant not and it wasn't just based on my looks obviously so I was generally maybe I was shit on one day and my reading wasn't good or I wasn't quite fitting the character their jigsaw and I, and I totally get that and and also I had some auditions where they would give me amazing feedback and I'm so thankful for those auditions where you you hear back and you hear we're so sorry we're going with someone else but here's a bit of constructive criticism but it was all getting a bit much for me and I had a bit of a um a bit of a moment earlier in the year where I was actually dropped by an agent and it that took a massive knock on my confidence and my self-worth and my belief in myself because to my knowledge I had been doing okay and I had been working and I'd done some really cool gigs some you know some play a musical a play and and I'd done some filming and, and I was doing these auditions and I was working so hard and there was a massive sort of, I think what in hindsight, it was just the relationship had run its course on both sides. It was p potentially becoming something that it shouldn't have. And I think, again, the piece of advice I would give my old self or any graduates listening is that an agent is an agent. Your agent shouldn't be your best friend. Your agent doesn't need to know every single little thing about your personal life. Your agent, you work together. It's never a one-sided. There should never be one person in a, in a higher position of power. There should never be one person that makes the other feel inferior and scared to talk to them and scared to ask a question. And, and I think potentially it got to that stage and it wasn't 
it wasn't not one person's fault and I'm not putting the blame and it was an equal blame that the relationship had it just became toxic it's sort of like a you know a boyfriend it just run its course and and then you and then you break up and then or you get broken up with and you think I should have broken up with them first <laughs> damn it <laughs> you know you'd both been thinking it but neither of you had done it and then you start a new relationship and you have a new agent and you take all the issues with you and so I I began to get extremely like well why why am I not hearing why am I not hearing this and and why have I not got this and and it and it was something I was really struggling with and and so this anxiety was festering in most parts of my life apart from it was mainly with my career really it was and 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 a little bit in in relationship wise but mainly with my career it was festering and and I didn't really know what to do and so I actually um I started counselling, which was advice of a close friend, and and that was just I needed that. That was it was really hard. Like I won't lie, it was it was really difficult. And I, I would go once a week, and I just had to sit there and open up about everything. You know why I had I was beginning to have trust issues, and but with everyone like trust with a, a potential boyfriend or love interest, and and trust with an agent or trust with a friend. It was beco- it was becoming it was just taken over my life so I was like I need to just talk about this and we spoke about past relationships whether that was with an ex-boyfriend or an ex-agent or anyone that had had an effect on who I was and so I think I had counselling for like must have been about six months and it was it was really difficult like that I remember for the first two sessions I just wouldn't say anything she'd ask me questions and I would be like yeah I guess like if you want maybe I'm fine <laughs> and then one session I was like you know what I feel ready to just tell you this now and she was like okay and then I just spoke at her for a whole hour and I literally cried my eyes out for the whole hour and then I left like oh my god I feel so much better obviously it wasn't dealt with because then we had to go into that in detail and talk about each specific event that I could remember um and I just think a lot of a lot of pe- I think everyone personally should have counselling, whether you think that you're anxious or not. I just think it's great to sit in a room once a week, have a coffee with a stranger and be like, this is how I'm feeling. <laughs> like, you can only feel more positive from it. And, and yeah, for the first few weeks especially, I felt it was it was really difficult for me and I would leave and I would sometimes leave feeling deflated. I would sometimes leave feeling really happy. I would sometimes leave just like, I need to go see my mum. <laughs> but um, I'm so, so grateful that I did that. And I'm not currently having it because... Um, because it was so bloody expensive but, <laughs> but it's definitely something I would love to go back to in the future and and I think yeah just the counseling and the meditation and and I did I did some like online courses I was just trying to basically fill my life with positive things and and so I realized that your career is not your full, your whole life and I think it's really difficult to to remember that because when you're in training it is your whole life and so you think if I don't get a job I am totally worthless your life has so much more worth than just that and so I you know I've got an amazing group of friends I've got an amazing family I've got an amazing boyfriend I've just got so many things in my life that are not to do with my career that I do and so many other interests as well it's so important to have your thing I think have your thing that you love that's not just your career so you know you go to auditions and you do the audition and then you think well that was fun and I treat each little audition like a little workshop and then if I don't hear back that's fine because I learned something from it and if I don't get it um, you know I'm going to the cinema with my mates tonight so it's not the be all and end all basically so I feel like I've sidetracked hugely but counselling was the biggest thing for me this year the biggest journey for me 
on, on especially just learning about mental health. I think I would sit in the session and I'd say something and my counsellor would go, well, you know what that, that is, don't you? That's that's because of this, this and this. And and I was like, whoa, no, I didn't even know that was a thing. And I didn't know that that trivial thing that happened three years ago could still be affecting me today. Um, something that someone said to me, that's that that made me have a massive knock on my on my self-worth and self-worth is such a big thing I think you know we constantly think that we're bad think that we're rubbish and think that we're not talented don't think we're pretty enough don't think we're skinny enough and and that's the whole battle with social media and and that's that's the post that I put on and that was something that that again was something I struggled with this year hugely social media it just became toxic in my life and and so now I just use it for its positives and seeing my friends doing well and and I don't think it's necessarily should well I don't think you should tell anyone how to use it you know it's it's a platform that you can use however you want to but I don't want to just use it for this is the job that I've got this is my next job this isn't aren't I amazing no because well if people do that that's absolutely fine but I don't want to I don't want that to be my life I don't want that to be what defines me so I want to you I want to use it and and be really you know supportive of everyone else that's on it and just post what the hell I want and it doesn't matter what the likes are or who comments or and um I don't know if you follow Jamila Jamil's page, Iway. Oh my God, it's incredible. And it's just posting women all over, you know, just saying that our weight and our appearance is not what defines us. And so it's like, you know, a selfie of someone and they've written what they love and, you know, it's just amazing. And I think that's that's personally for me, the, the journey with social media that I've had, that I've, it's taken me literally this whole year because when my, um, obviously when my series came out, I did suddenly gain a following and I think that's that that made me anxious because I was like oh my god I feel like I have to say something of worth now I feel like I can only post something that's that's worthy of these people seeing but really it's and and I've got some really lovely followers that send me some really lovely messages and and when I posted that thing about you know I'm just sat here listening to the woman's hour and I've just realized that it's it's so ridiculous it's only a platform it's only my page is like only positive things happen in my life and that's so not what my life is <laughs> like I can sit and I could sit and post you know today I've had a really anxious day which isn't necessarily again what I want to do because it's all personal and I don't usually open up about that private side of my life but I just think it's so important for people to remember that that's not real life and it's just a picture of a night out and it was a great night out but you don't see the picture of the next morning <laughs> exactly so yeah I was just going to ask just going back to the counselling um, so I seen a couple months ago now it was a vlogger and she suffered from quite a long time from anorexia um, eating disorder um, and she she put up a post saying I'm now ready to talk about it and she just said you know I was diagnosed and I struggled when I was in my final year of training but it was just so expensive so I, she left it for years and now she's got money, she's like, right, okay, and it, and it's it saved my life. What would you say to someone that's like, yeah, I need help, I need counselling, but it's so much money. What what advice would you say? Because obviously it is an investment, it is your mental health. Well, you can actually go to your, if you have a doctor, go to your doctor and you can be referred to um, the counsellors like within your area on the NHS. But for me, at the time where I really needed it, they said the waiting list was sort of six months. And at the time I was like, I can't wait six months. I'm literally waking up every day with chest pains, feeling anxious, feeling really, really low, feeling like I need it now. And I needed someone to talk to there and then. So for me, I was just 
putting that 55 pounds a week aside and I'd go you know I don't need to go for that dinner and that dinner and you know people got I, I used to go out and happily spend 55 pounds on a lush dinner but as soon as it was something else I was like god that's expensive so I was like no actually put put your life in perspective so I went to it and I paid that and then when I realized that I was benefiting from it in my outside of my sessions too because I was taking what I'd learned and I was doing it myself I realized that maybe I could save the money but I would say absolutely go to your doctor and put your name on the list regardless um which I've done also so hopefully I will I'll be able to go back to it and and, and I will save some money but I think it's it's up to each person it depends obviously if they've got the money and they're not sure about whether they should spend it then I would say really really think about how much you would benefit from it and like I did just cancel on the two extravagant dinners that you don't need or do you know what I mean or a cinema trip and this and because then it's the benefits were so so huge but if you're like I physically can't afford it which is literally me right now um I think try there's some online stuff you can do there's some online meditation and, and again if people want to get in touch I can tell them sites that I've used and books that I've used and and also I can give them some stuff that I learned from counseling and and then just wait out the waiting list and I think if you if you're if you're needing it really urgently you can tell your doctor and I think that sometimes they can give you a couple of sessions before you start the sessions if you know what I mean but there's means and ways to do it definitely and I just think people need to speak about it more and be more open to just be like hey I need help right now and it's so okay to need help so okay so let's um, briefly chat about modelling. You're signed with BAME Artists, I think, yeah. Um, how have you found your mental health since you started? And like, what have the highs and lows of the modelling world been? So luckily, I signed with the amazing agency when, when I've been in, in quite a good place and I'd obviously already had my counselling. And so it was something that I was consciously ready to do. It was another string to my bow within the arts because it can only really you know it's just another creative thing to do and and so I thought yeah I'm ready to do this this is really exciting for me and and I'd say it hasn't affected me too much because I've because well because I don't take myself seriously <laughs> because I'm like I'm not a model I'm just gonna go and pose in some cool clothes and yeah I, I'm just you know I'm I mean I'm like five foot two five foot two and a half so I'm not exactly like ready for the catwalk and I never will be and that's so okay but I'm just taking it for what it is for me so for me it's just really cool creative shoots that I can go and work on and and just have fun with and then you get some cool pics like who wouldn't want to do that it's and and you get paid for it so it's it's really amazing for me and the high's definitely been the Asian bridal shoot that I did um for Ash Kumar so the project comes out next year and it was it was so beautiful because being from you know a Pakistani background um it, I was just learning all about it and and oh my god it's heavy I don't know how they get married <laughs> all the jewels it was literally dragging me down but so so stunningly beautiful and you know I can't I mean I can't wait to see the, the finished pictures and I've, again, I was just there and I was like, I'm just having fun with this. This is, this is a lush way to spend my Saturday and just, yeah. And I'd say it would be really easy to get caught up in the, I don't look like that model though and I'm not skinny as that model. And I, w I was just, I think if I'd have done it a year ago, it would have been a totally different story. I would have, I would have hated it. I would have, I wouldn't have believed in myself, but because of, of the whole journey with self-worth, I was just going, I'm here because they've chosen me the same as everyone else and yeah I'm way shorter and more curvy and not as stick thin as all but that's so okay because I am me and that's what and that's not what defines me and I'm bringing to the shoot me like as a person 
So I was just making people laugh, being stupid, having fun, getting my face painted, getting my hair played with, and then just taking it for that and then leaving, going, right, I'm going to go see my friends for dinner now. Not, you know, I think... I think if it was a year ago, I would have been looking at all the other people on the agency and why well, don't look at her, why am I not getting five shoots a week? And but I think because it's something that I'm enjoying doing on the side and not something that I want my whole life to be. I'm just taking it for what it is, and it's and it's sort of the same as acting. I'm not right now. I'm enjoying this. This year has been such a journey for me and such, uh, you know, learning about mental health and learning about me as a person and just giving my all in every aspect of my life this year hasn't been all about acting job acting job acting job this is the year I've worked the least and yet this is my best year because this is the year that I've learned about myself as an actor who doesn't act all the time and this is the year that I've done some cool creative things I've done the modeling and I've I've worked in some really amazing part-time jobs and that for me is what makes the difference? Doing a part-time job that you can enjoy, that's, whether it's to do with acting or not. For me, at the minute, I'm working at Boom Cycle in Battersea with some absolutely amazing humans, and I'm loving every minute of it. And it's I've done everything. I've literally done everything. Dog walking, promo, hosting, receptionist, sales assistant, front of house. And this is the one that I'm like, oh my God, I get up and I can't wait to go. And it doesn't matter that I'm not acting because I'm meeting amazing people and just having a laugh. Um, but yeah, with the modeling, I think... So far, thankfully, there have been no lows because I've just taken it for what it is and I've just gone, this is cool. But then again, I was getting really aware of, I didn't want that to just be what I was posting all the time. And I think there was one point where I posted some pics and I was like, oh no, that's that's not what I want to... Because yeah, of course they're airbrushed. I mean, I assume they are because the photographers do that and it's all towards my portfolio. And a lot of them were free test shoots that I was basically building up my portfolio with. But I don't want that to... Like, you know, that shouldn't just be what I post because that's not my whole life. And going and see my mates in the park is just as much worthy of a post as that yeah brilliant so i uh went to arts ed with layla and uh i personally definitely struggled with my mental health while i was there but i don't think i realized it until i left because you're kind of like monday to friday you're like go 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 let's get through this week um and then you get to half term and then then you have your break um did you struggle with your mental health at college and maybe not realize or you realize to the extent now how how was college for you yeah I think like I said before definitely there was some form of anxiety manifesting itself and I just didn't know because I really didn't know what anxiety was and that's so bad on my part and I'm ashamed that I was so ignorant towards mental health but I just think it I just think there was not enough said about mental health and I've lived in the past with people who've really struggled with depression and anxiety and potential eating disorders and you know I think there was definitely a time when I was at college where I was really consciously like I shouldn't be eating this or you know what um a teacher in ballet said that my tummy looked a bit a bit bulger so I'm not going to have that for dinner actually and and I'm not, you know, not to name names, but that happened to someone that I lived with as well. And she was distraught by it. And I just think it's so toxic to put thoughts like that in younger... It's just so disgusting. And if I could change anything about that, I would literally go in and scream at the teachers and be like, you are not helping people's mental health by telling them that their appearance is all they're worth because it is so far from the truth. And yeah, of course, this industry is partly to do with appearance, as awful as that is. Everyone knows that. Of course it is. If You, you know, you could walk into a room... I could walk into a room for a part that I'm equally good at reading, but in their head they want someone blonde and blue-eyed, or they want, you know, they want a redhead, or it, it, it doesn't matter if... 
but to be told that that's all you're worth and to become so consciously aware of that during your training I think was so dangerous and I think there was a part of me where I was constantly on the border of I could have gone either way actually I could have had a massive breakdown and starved myself or I could just binge and eat loads do you know what I mean there was I think that I struggled with having a, a healthy balance of life um I think there was other factors that added to my insecurities and being a relationship that I went through where there was problems on both parts and it ended really awfully and it's a real shame and that massively had an effect on me. Again, I don't think I realised until I'd left and I had time to reflect how much it really did cause such anxiety for me in all in different aspects of my life. But I think um, looking back, I wish that I wish someone had come in and spoken to me and said these feelings are okay and this is called anxiety and this is a real mental health condition and don't think that it's not don't let a teacher tell you that you're just being stupid and just get on with it and come in and do the class it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're feeling it doesn't matter I just think it, it was it was it was all brushed under the carpet quite a lot and so so many of us yourself included and dealt with tried to deal with these mental health issues but didn't deal and just told ourselves we were dealing and then left and and then suddenly hit the real world and we're like oh my god like this this isn't okay and I think there's this adding contributing factors from drama school that only actually enhance it the fact that you're constantly judging yourself the fact that you're never good enough the fact that you're never actually told you know what well done that was really beautiful that in itself I think for me would have gone such a long way just a small bit of praise would have made me go okay I've got this I can do this but instead it's constant knockbacks and you're told that it's they do it to build you up and and yeah maybe that works to an extent but I think I just think looking back I wish someone had said to me it's okay it's okay not to be okay and you you are actually doing really well and and what you look like isn't just going to get you your jobs your, your talent and your hard work and and the way that you the way that you hold your own business, like you are your own business and the way that you conduct yourself, that's what gets you. Being a nice person, that's what gets you a job. Being someone people want to work with and not just the fact that you can't, like not just doing a double pirouette, like that's the only thing that will get you this job. And I think so much of it I just just struggled with. But, but again, I didn't know until I left because when you're there, you sort of all just go like, oh, that was horrible, wasn't it? But then one of you might go off and cry about it loads and, and feel stressed about the next lesson and honestly feel panicky and the other one will go, oh, that was rubbish, wasn't it? Oh, well. So how have you found the industry since graduating? You've done some brilliant work and I'm assuming you've had busy spells and dry spells, but you have, you've just told us. Um, Can you talk us through your time and how you've found your feet in the industry? Thank you. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, I was, like I said, I was really lucky when I left and I went into West Astoria with House, which was the dream job. I look back with such fond memories. And that was such an incredible thing for me. And and I think the industry is a tough one. Basically, each job I've done, I've learned something. Or you learn so much on every job and you just take from it the good things. Um, there have been jobs that I've done that I haven't necessarily enjoyed as much. Um, jobs that I look back and think, oh, I could have done that better, actually. But there's jobs that I look back and go, oh, my God, I was that was amazing. And I'm so proud of myself for doing that. But I don't think there's like a set rule of like how to be in the industry. I just don't. I think everybody's journey is so entirely different and that's okay. And again, I wish I was told that, you know, 
you your journey is your own and and how you deal with it that's that's your that's your career that's how you build your career how you deal with both being in work and out of work um and there's so much importance put on you have to get you know an agent straight we have to get a job straight otherwise like you're basically failing at life and and it's not true and and I think maybe I was especially lucky when I first left because I I did these jobs sort of back to back and then I did a I did a a really cool commercial and then I did a play so I was sort of experiencing each little field within and each one was so so different and it was when I did the commercial I mean I, I knew during training that tv was something that I was really passionate about and and that that's something I wanted to focus on but then working with the cameras and that I was like yeah this is amazing I so want to do this I love this so much it's such a different buzz but now now having done that and 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 yet I've still gone back to doing musical workshops and um the Oscar Wilde season and I, I equally love theatre too and I think I f- maybe I had this sort of spell where I fell out of love with it because training made me question every little thing about it so I would go to watch something and I would only ever question it and think oh my god I'm not even enjoying this because all I'm thinking is oh but look at that person and then look at that because that's what I was taught to do to sort of self-criticize so I started to criticize everything about theatre so I had a moment where I was just like I don't want to do that that's not for me right now and that's okay because I took a bit of a step out and then and then I was so lucky to do the docs episode and then the Benidorm series 10 and work with Cam and then that was amazing but so different there was just no comparison at all and then when and then I came back and I was like I want to do theatre again now because I, I do love it and I always did love it I just needed a bit of time for me to just go oh yeah just do something different and and mix it all up and and I know people that don't want to do that at all and they're so set on just doing one thing or so set on just doing the other and that's so fine like there is literally no rule to the industry it's your own journey and and for me it's been very much a roller coaster ride like at, at the beginning it was so I thought it, everything was amazing and it was amazing and I met I've met some some of my closest friends from jobs I've done and and I've enjoyed the creative process so much and I remember the play I did I was so confused because for the first two weeks we didn't even stand up we were literally sat at the table dissecting the script and I was like oh when are we gonna when am I gonna speak and start performing and it was like no that's not how we do this and and that in itself oh my god I learned so much on that job um, and that was just incredible. And then I took that onto my next job, and I was like, actually, I remember when I when I dissected the script to that extent. So I'm going to do that with this, and then I'll do it in my own time. And I just think it's yeah, it's been a rollercoaster ride. And then I, everything I've talked about since finishing filming is, you know, but like I said, this year for me, it's actually probably been my best year because yeah, I've I've worked the least, and but it's been my biggest journey. And now I feel ready. I feel like ready for whatever comes along next. And I think what you just have to remember in times of quietness, which I've definitely struggled with, and I've given my friend this advice and then I've complained to her and she's given my own advice back. And she's gone, remember when you said this to me? You need to listen. And it's so true. But I just think you need to just know, well, you know what? I'm 25. It's not like my career's over. It's it's just not happening right now. And so I'm just going to ride out this wave and I'm going to do my other stuff and I'm going to maybe do a bit of writing or I'm going to maybe do my modeling and see my family and friends and do everything else that makes me happy in my life and when I get my next job that's when I get my next job and that's because that's when it's meant to happen so as we've mentioned before you um got a series regular in season 10 of Benidorm which was so cool I remember switching on the tv and be like that's Layla it's Layla on my telly which is amazing yeah it was really cool to see you on tv um when that first episode came out, obviously you said that your social media following went up. 
did that create some anxiety being like how am I going to be perceived now that I'm on ITV it's really public um just just briefly like talk to us about how that affected your anxiety oh my god I was absolutely dreading it I literally didn't want anyone to be in the room and I like closed my eyes and I was like oh I don't think I want to see this <laughs> but um I think I wasn't really I didn't really think too much about like how will I be perceived because I, I mean at the time it was I was going through a bit of a rough patch because that was literally just as I got dropped so I was sort of not actually represented by anyone and I was writing to to agents to say hey I'm on ITV can you like help <laughs> can you watch me in and sign me um so at the time I was sort of like oh my god whatever let's just watch this and enjoy my work and and part of me was like Ugh, that's don't want to see that but part of me was like no I should be really proud of what I've done and um and that and how hard I worked, especially when I was doing it and, and enjoy and enjoy watching it. And and I think, but yeah, of course, it definitely caused anxiety for sure. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to go through my like posts and delete anything that might be a little bit inappropriate. And I don't really use Twitter. I'm a bit rubbish. I need to use it better. But I remember going through my tweets and I was like, anything, if I'd sw- sworn or said anything bad, I was like, delete, delete, delete. Just because I was like, I remember it was my mum. Mum was like, you're going to have to, you know, so send me be careful what you say now because because you're leaving an impression on people yeah and and to be honest that post that I put on about the women's hour was because I have quite a lot of young followers especially young women who (coughs) send me messages and they're like you're amazing and your life is what I want and you're this and you're and it's like no 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 like this is just a a picture that I took and, and really that's not what my life is and I sort of wanted just people to be aware because if I can have an effect on someone in some way I want it to be a positive effect and so I sort of felt the need to say my life isn't perfect, I promise, and it isn't just what it seems. Because I, yeah, I might I've just posted pictures where I, well, they're nice pictures and I quite like them. But really, you know, my life isn't perfect, and and so the and, and the support I got when I said that I was going to come on this and do the podcast and talk about mental health, honestly, was amazing. And people would, and and I just want people to know that that oh, it's just so want to make people know that it's not real life. It's so not real life, and and. And yeah, of course, I was anxious when it came out because I think for weeks I was like, what do I post? Like, do you think this will be what they want to see? Or the, And now I'm just like, you know what? This is this is what I want to say. It's not like I'm super famous with millions of followers is what I'm saying. I literally have a few lovely followers that want to hear what I say. So why would I not say something that's worthwhile? And I think it's so important for people who have some sort of a platform to be productive about it. And that's what annoys me so much about so many famous celebs that only post silly photoshopped things and they make young people go I'm not that skinny I need to lose weight or when really it's like no it's that's not real life so what would you like to see change in the industry towards mental health I just think people need to be able to talk about it more I think within drama schools there needs to be more um support for people who suffer or there needs to be more counsellors made aware that you know there just needs to, people just need to know that it's a thing people need to understand what it is people need to be educated towards mental health people need to be given coping mechanisms on how you deal with any feelings that you have i think within the industry it's the same thing applies it's you just take it through from training into the industry i think that there needs to be more 
there needs to be more fairness with auditions. I think, you know, this whole, it's this whole yes or no movement. It's amazing. Yeah, that needs, that needs to just take off, doesn't it? I think we need to be given more respect as actors. You know, we do this work, we work so hard, we go in, we do it, and then we just don't even hear anything. I think that has a massive effect on so many people's mental health, mine included for sure, because you're not given a definite no. You're not, even if you can't get, even if, you know, and we're told that we can ask for feedback, but then we're told, no, it's only if you've had a recall. And then it's like, oh, no, actually, it's really difficult. So we're not even going to bother asking for feedback. And so it's like, how can I progress as a performer and as an actor if I don't know what I'm doing wrong? And it's almost more frustrating when you're like, we loved you. We've just decided to go with someone else. And it's like, OK, that's not helpful for me because you're telling me that you love me. Does that mean that everything I did was OK? Or does that mean? And then you go, oh, well, then the only reason they've gone for someone else is because I don't look Indian enough I don't look and that makes you obsess over the way you look and that's not what it is it should we should be given more feedback we should definitely be given more answers on on whether we've got the job or whether we haven't got the job potentially with a reason why or uh, I just think there needs to be more communication between casting and between agents and between actors and I think graduates need to know that it's not the be all and end all and they need to know they need to have a clear definition of what the relationship should be between an actor and a performer I think I was totally misled and I thought that it was a certain way and it shouldn't have been that way because that's what led to the the toxic relationship between us that's what led to that um so yeah I think I think we're in the generation of saying what we think and trying to make a difference and that in itself makes me so happy I feel that we can make a difference and we can actually stand up and go you know what this is not okay and we as actors are putting our foot down and we're making this movement and I think more people need to get involved with it. More ne- more people need to be open to talk about mental health, to be open to learn about mental health, be open to admit that, you know what, maybe something's not okay and maybe I should talk to someone and see what's going on. Um, I also have a list of books and podcasts that have helped me so much this year. If anyone wants the information, please do get in touch with me and I would be, I would love to just share any wisdom or or any advice to anyone else yeah and finally our final question which was Scarlett's idea and I think it's a great question could you walk into a room right now and say I'm having a bad mental health day that's a really really interesting question because part of me thinks it's not to do with the confidence of saying I'm having a bad or um it's not to do with me admitting that I'm having a bad health day it's more to do with the stigma of how people will perceive what I'm saying so I would absolutely love to walk into a room and go today I'm feeling super anxious I woke up with chest pains and I'm I feel a bit sick and I don't really know what to do and I just need a little bit of extra I just need to be a bit kinder to myself today so you telling me that I'm really shit might not go down as well as it should but would I do that I don't know I don't even know if I'm there yet and that that's on I want to be honest I don't want to say that I would because I don't know if I would and even coming here today I was I was nervous you know I sat down I was like oh my god opening up and putting yourself in a vulnerable position is super scary because you don't know what the effect will be but the effect shouldn't be anything other than okay how can I help with that it shouldn't be well you shouldn't be doing this job then should you or you shouldn't get that casting because you're clearly anxious or you know you're obviously a weak person it's mental health and feeling anxious and feeling sad or a little bit it does not make you a weak person and having the courage to stand up and admit that and deal with it makes you the strongest person I've never felt as strong as I have this year it within my weakness 
That was amazing, Leila. And considering you were so nervous, you've spoken so eloquently about it. And I think that people are going to be so excited to hear what you have to say. Well, by the time they get to this point in the podcast, they'll have heard what you have to say. But <laughs> people will love what you've had to say. So let's finish with another game. Ooh. You ready, Leila? Another game. Oh, no, no, I'm so bad at these games. <laughs> right. I forget how to speak. You're going to do brilliant. So this is called Finish the Sentence. The best thing about living in Spain was watching the sunset from my balcony every single night. Sorry about all the photos. <laughs> I couldn't live without my mum. If in doubt, have a bath, light some candles, a glass of wine. Digging it, yeah, great. My favourite hungover munch is Domino's pizza, thank you very much. Large. Stuffed crust? Yes, and two sides. Oh. Dip? Oh my god, yes. Garlic and herb. Oh, yeah. yeah. The big one, the big <laughs> yes. one. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant. Today I am grateful for you two and allowing me to do this. Yeah. And and hopefully the fact that I may have had some sort of positive effect on anyone listening. We've had a positive effect on Definitely. me, so Definitely. absolutely. In the future I want to be happy, healthy and have my network of friends, family and everyone around me forever. Last one. My guilty pleasure is... Oh, I don't know if I should say. I mean, go for it. Binging on Netflix. I'm going to keep it clean. I'm going to keep it clean. I think we all know, really. Leila, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast or you just have any thoughts you want to share with us, please email us at industrymindsuk at gmail.com. You can find us on social media. Our Twitter and Instagram are at Industry Minds UK. We are on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Please make sure that you subscribe and give us a wee five-star rating so that more people can find us. Also give us a little review on iTunes if you want to, because that would be lovely. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with you very, very soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody.